You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, I'm Lawrence Coletti, the producer for Legal Talk Network. Welcome to another edition of Special Reports. Today's show is being recorded on location during ABA's Law Practice Division Fall Meeting at the U.S. Grant Hotel in downtown San Diego, California. We're here to cover this event and its highlights for you, our listeners. Joining me today, right now, is Mr. Chad Burton from Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Mr. Burton here, he is the e-lawyering task force co-chair, and uh, joining me also is his vice chair. Is that what I am? You are. Yes, and the voice you're hearing now is Adriana Linares. She has decided to interview bomb. That's right. And we're actually going to tag team interview Mr. Chad Burton. I guess people don't have to listen to her voice enough with other podcasts. (laughs) She can show up in special reports as well. I love it. That's right. She is everywhere. And and for that fact, uh, actually, Chad Burton is everywhere as well because we see him in Chicago. That's right. He's been on uh, your uh, podcast as well. And now he's here in San Diego. New Solo, is that what it is? Oh, wow. Don't act like you're not an avid listener. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I did. I did listen to our mess of a podcast. <laughs> so anyway, we're here at the uh, the ABA Law Practice Division uh, fall meeting here, and we wanted to talk with some of the thought leaders uh, in, uh, in under law practice. Don't do division. that. Don't do that. Okay. Attendees. Attendees. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get started. Ask a little bit about the e-lawyering task force, uh, Chad and Adriana. Can you guys tell our listeners uh, what uh, what function that serves under the law practice division? I think we're the longest standing task force in history of man. Truly. 15 years or something. It was, uh, it was started, um, I want to say late 90s. This is the part where I'll make up the history, but nobody yeah. will care. Nobody will know. And the, you know, looking at, kind of trying to look forward. And, you know, Adriana's uh, favorite topic of future of the profession. She can wax on that in a little bit and tell us how much she loves it. But the... Uh, it was, you know, looking at the, you know, would it start off at that role that the internet plays in the practice of law, which sounds silly to talk about now because the internet didn't go away magically over time and it's not a fad. So it has evolved over time and you know, I think it serves as a uh, forward thinking, you know, task force or group um, within the division and works nicely with others, does a lot of outreach, whether it's law school. So for example, tomorrow there's an outreach with a local law school that, um, but a bunch of people are going to show up for it and, uh, talk about, you know, how the role the technology plays in the practice of law, that kind of fun stuff. Um, also work on, in the past, we've done different projects, you know, about helping educate members and, and the public on uh, different technology you know, options on how you can deliver legal services online, client portals, all that kind of fun stuff that several years ago were very, uh, kind of seemed out in left field a bit, but now it's just, that's just what you do. So it's still called a task force, which, you know, it has a... The thought of the need to keep evolving it to kind of stay ahead. But I think what's important to make sure we say, because e-lawyering can sound like a lot of different things to different people, the the point of understanding e-lawyering is the delivery of legal services, actual practice of law, right. not, oh, I have a virtual law firm. Oh, I use a practice management program that's cloud-based. Oh, I use email. You know, right. that, That's not really the goal of the e-lawyering right. task force because actually the whole law practice division 
helps with that part of practicing law. Yep. What we try to focus on with the task force is how can lawyers truly deliver legal services and then deliver excellent client service at the same time. Absolutely, and which is a really interesting challenge on because that's a that's a different behavior, you know, a way of behaving and delivering legal services for most lawyers. So that's that's a much better explanation of it. And I said it in a much shorter time period than you did. <laughs> what do you so want Jack, me to do? Here, let's ask you this: um, when, <laughs> it, when it comes to e-lawyering, what are the two or three core components that are part of that? How do you deliver legal services using technology? What are some of the main components? Do you want to say it like an eighth time as well with the question? I just wanted to make sure the question was clear. Because, so you want the components of it? Is that what? Yeah. Would okay. it be like um, component A? What would component A? Component A. a. <laughs> the internet. A lawyer. Let's start with a lawyer. Oh, that's two components. Excellent. No, no. Look, a is a lawyer. Let's okay. start with that. Good. That's important. You okay. have to have a legal degree, so that's helpful. B would be the internet. Okay, good internet. And then you know, C, I would say it was the. Well, actually, there's probably there's probably four. I say C is the right kind of you know platform integrated to your practice, but then D is the client base as well. Because yep. if you don't, have, I mean, that's where. You know, I think that last part is probably where the biggest challenge is on the client side of things because. Um, where that's also where the the opportunity for growth is going to be because you know you you've got a dynamic now where you've got the legal zooms of the world who are generating you know hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue which means that the you know the public is looking to obtain legal documents online and cost you know is you know a part of it so question comes down to all right how do you train the public to interact with lawyers in that fashion, and that's not easy. I've been now working on that for you know four years in my law firm, trying to getting you know how do you get clients to interact in a client portal when we still live in an email world? You know that was the, the email was exempted based on the description earlier, but it's you grab your phone, you're working with you know. I work with primarily tech companies on the legal side of things, and so they they get this stuff, they get the security part of it. But you know what? They want to be able to respond to a text really quick. They want to be able to shot, you know, shoot back an email on their iPhone, iPad, whatever. Not necessarily log in to a client portal that's way more secure, and that from a efficiency standpoint on the law firm, if you're having that interaction back and forth in a Clio that's tying the communication directly to the matter, now you're not screwing around with getting it into the, the platform. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but we got to train and change behavior on it. You know, and I think that's one of the <coughs> most interesting and the hardest things for a lawyer to grasp are these client portals, and mostly because they don't know about them. But once I get lawyers using them, it's they're addicted. It's amazing how helpful these portals can be in communicating with the client and sharing documents and in, in getting the, the, the clients to upload pictures, documents, images. There are today a couple of products that are designed specifically for, say, family lawyers where you know who are helping someone through a divorce where the 
client can actually upload text messages, emails, pictures through this secure portal as opposed to the regular way we've been doing it, which is just through email. One of the reasons I really like the portals is because it helps lawyers manage the massive amounts of emails that they get. So there's a lot of benefit to really understanding what e-lawyering is and, and really turning toward it, which I don't think we're doing as a community yet. I think there's definitely a lot of integration of technology. We're emailing, we're text messaging, cloud-based services are hot, they're accepted, they're using them. So I think the next level, which the e-lawyering task force has been trying to get to for now 15 years, but I really think the next level is truly give understanding. Give it time, give it time. Give it, just give it 15 more years, we'll be we're right gonna, there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> 2035 is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. <laughs> Well, so that brings up a good question, though. I mean, you've, I mean, obviously, the, the practice of law has developed quite a bit, I would say, in the last five years as far as the technology options. And I think the general acceptance, especially with the bar associations, you know, for these cloud-based solutions and the storage of data. Um, where do you guys envision um, the e-learning task force uh, applying its efforts for 2015? For 2015, oh, you know, actually looking forward. No, that's good. Um, so Into what the, the future. Uh, the future. That's that's Adriana's topic. She loves the future of the profession. <laughs> that's all she wants to talk about all the time. And actually, taking you know, you know, kind of her thinking on this, what we're really talking about is how do you mainstream a lot of this stuff? I mean, that's it. So, where I think some opportunity lies for our task force is really integrating with other components of the law practice division more. LTRC, Legal Technology Resource Center, that Adriana's been on that board forever. I've just joined, I think, this year. And there's a lot of opportunities to bring those worlds together. And maybe we're a more of the kind of what's next arm of that, you know, that world. But I think that's where we, we have to think about things in a mainstream category because that's what's happening. I mean, that's the... And the opportunity from the standpoint of lawyers coming out of law school to get them, before they have different behaviors, get them kind of out of the gate and mold them into this is how you do things, makes a lot of sense. So it's it's about mainstreaming. Okay. Well, that's that's kind of the big takeaway I'm getting here. Um, you know, it sounds like this change is really going to start with, uh, well, I mean, everyone in the legal profession is going to have to change, but it sounds like there should be a lot of emphasis spent on the students that are just now graduating and so um how are you guys doing outreach for some of the recent grads and uh the new the new upcoming grads that well so we've got out um i think this has been going on pretty much since the task force started they'll do outreach at these different meetings you know wherever it is reach out to local law schools um but you know that's great and i think there's 50 people signed up for this thing tomorrow there's a good chunk i mean it's not you know three people in a room, but uh, that's great. But you can't just show up somewhere and, you know, talk about it for an hour and then engage folks on it and think that they're going to come in. And really what you're talking about is a bigger challenge from a bar association standpoint in general. This isn't just a task force type issue. This is a, this is an engagement, not just about the law practice division, not just about the ABA or state or local bars. That's, that's the challenge is how do you work with law schools to really, help ingrain the, uh, again, going back to behavior of getting involved in the bars in law school. So when you come out, that's just what you do. And that's what it used to be. I mean, that's when I started practicing our firm during our orientation, that was the, uh, one of the partners sat down and said, look, 
you will be involved in the bar associations. That's what you do. That's part of the profession. That's changed over time, so you don't have people getting beat over the head with it so they don't join as much, and maybe the law firms aren't paying for it like they used to. So that value piece is where the bars as a whole have to really kind of focus on over the next couple of years is how do you become part of the – how do you be that extension of a lawyer's practice? Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our time for now. I want to thank Chad Burton and also my uh, co-host, Adriana Linares, uh, for joining us today to talk about the, the e-lawyering task force uh, with the Law Practice Division of the ABA. And uh, if our listeners have questions or wish to follow up, how can they reach both of you? I can be found at my website, lawtechpartners.com. Yeah, one, Twitter, Chad E. Burton, or Sade Burton, as I'm sometimes <laughs> referred to as. Uh, website as well as curolegal.com, C-U-R-O legal.com. Okay, well, thank you for joining us. This has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Consult a lawyer.